Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. We have Nellody Milne with us, who is one of those, the therapists that work for life-changing services. And I just want to share just a little bit about some of the other things that we we have going along with Nellody Milne. She is the director of the the Daughters of Light program and then the Warrior Women of Light program and has been joining us for a long time now, just answering questions and sharing a little bit of her experience and and things that she's seeing and and finding valuable for families and today specifically mothers. And so we also like to point you to two podcasts, the Light Dragons Did They Fight podcast and the Mothers Who Know podcast. You'll find episodes that are posted there really frequently that just really help just to meet us right where we're at with our families. And then another thing, Karen mentioned this a little bit earlier, a meeting that happens at Life Changing Services puts on is called a generals panel meeting. And it's boys that have graduated from the Sense of Healing program, a Life Changing Services program for boys trying to work on sexual self-mastery and just learn some awesome tools and skills and and just beautiful things to help them there. They come and just talk with parents or ecclesiastical leaders. And sometimes even our boys will come to those meetings and it's just super valuable to how about they share. So that happens this Thursday and it happens the third Thursday of every month at 730. And you can 
easily find the link to that free generals panel meeting just by going to motherswhoknow.org and look under the support tab, support and training tab, and you'll see generals panel. And then just select that and they'll give you all the information. So just appreciate these are the life-changing services programs and the that that they have. And so you can go to lifechangingservices.org to find out a little bit more about those programs if you're wanting more information. I see Anelody there. Very awesome. Thanks, Anelody, for coming. Okay, Karen, handing it back to you. Okay. Yeah. We're so glad to have Anelody here. So, well, Anelody, here we are. It's October. Hi. It's almost Halloween Hello. and Thanksgiving. So, before I show the video, mm -hmm. I just want to mention that this is put on by Catholic Ministries. So, it's a Catholic show. Very good. Oh, I was one of those women. It doesn't matter if you're raised in a devout home, Catholic educated, or instilled with strong values. Pornography at one time or another comes to tempt all of us. Pornography is not just a private act, but a public health catastrophe, a catastrophe that is going largely unchecked. Porn has become increasingly more mainstream, more accessible, more explicit, and more violent. The grip that porn has on our culture is staggering. 70% of American men say they have viewed porn, and two-thirds of HR managers have found porn on employee computers. But porn isn't just prevalent among adults. The average age American children begin consuming hardcore pornography is 11 years old, with four out of five 16-year-olds regularly accessing porn online. Imagine your brain a complex organ intentionally designed to make a free and pleasant life possible. That design is undermined and altered when we watch pornography. It physically affects the development of the decision-making part of your brain, interfering with normal social behaviors. This leads to hypofrontality, impairing impulse control and our ability to weigh long-term consequences of a decision. The younger someone starts using porn, the more long-lasting damage to the brain is done. Continued porn use increases your sense of isolation, aggression, and loneliness, in addition to modifying the reward center of your brain, requiring more and more usage and more and more graphic and violent imagery, just as with the use of addictive drugs and alcohol. We know that regular use of pornography leads us to objectify others, especially women, and heavily influences how we see our own sexuality. What may surprise you is how widespread pornography is among women. At least one in three porn viewers are women, and research also shows that pornography use in women increases the likelihood of those women accepting or even preferring violent sexual behavior from their partners. The bottom line, pornography cultivates a penchant for violence in men and teaches women in turn to expect violence and even fantasize or desire it. Now that we know this is such a prevalent problem with devastating effects, what can be done? How can we, as people of faith, respond? We must become more vocal and involved in protecting our communities, and especially children, from the harmful effects of pornography. Parents need to have open discussions about pornography with their kids. Many psychologists are now saying it's not about if, but when your child is exposed to porn, making it all the more necessary for parents to establish a clear, safe connection on the subject. We cannot assume that our kids haven't seen it yet, even if they are in the most faithful schools or household like I was. 
By having open conversations, we can lessen the grip of pornography in our communities, starting in our own home. To turn the tide in our society, we can hold our politicians and school board officials accountable to install device filters and enact pornography bans more broadly. All of us must work to eradicate this public health issue in our communities and reduce the number of children exposed to this evil. I want you to know that healing and recovery are possible. Many organizations, both religious and secular, now provide support and treatment for those addicted to pornography use. It is important to always treat those struggling with the compassion that you would extend to any other type of addict. We hate the sin, but always respond to the sinner with love. If you know someone addicted to porn use or are grappling with an addiction yourself, encourage those struggling to frequent the sacraments and direct them to reputable Catholic ministries that provide the types of support needed to overcome the temptations to use porn. God did not make us in his image to be abused or to abuse others. Rooting out the evil of pornography in our society begins with each of us committing to rooting it out in ourselves and in our homes. In order to change our culture and protect those most vulnerable, including our own children, we have to reconcile with our own disordered attachments or addictions and do whatever it takes to eradicate them. I'm Rachel Kalaki of Magdalene Ministries for Edify. Super powerful, yeah? And painful. <laughs> yeah. So if there are no questions right now, I, I will lead a little bit of a discussion on what I think were some of the salient points that she brought up. Of course, you know, because I'm a woman, the, the girl specialist and the woman specialist, this is super important for me. And I would love to spread this word everywhere because she said one in three pornography users are women. And what I think is really interesting is, Karen, I'm not exactly sure of the statistics right now that we have in Men of Moroni and, and Sons of Helaman, but we could compare those numbers to warrior women and Daughters of Light, for those who are coming to us for pornography use, because let's be really clear about something. We as clinicians and as coaches and personal warrior trainers, we focus on self-mastery. We would probably call ourselves self-mastery specialists. So we're not necessarily all just dealing with pornography use. We're dealing with, you know, a lot of, especially our program, because we see our girls as very, and women as very global, experienced, less individual, you know, that the specific kind of thing that, oh, men can say, I have a, I have behavior problem here. If I attack this one thing, then things will get better in my life. We just, we just discovered there's many ways that we need to kind of enter into the global world of women and girls. So we, we do work on self-mastery specifically for many other things. But if you look at the, the comparison in the statistics of the number of men and boys we help compared to the women and girls we help, if out there one in three pornography users are women, we are really un underserving our women and girls. Because I would tell you, I can actually count 
the many, the girl, the number of girls and women that we are servicing for specifically pornography use. 15. How many men and young women and young men are in our men of Moroni and our Sons of Healing program? Do you have any idea? Is it over 500? I would say it's, it's at least 500, maybe even over with the two combined. Yeah. Yeah, with the, with the two combined. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing too. I'm combining the two and I'm counting 15. Definitely it's over. It's 500 or about there. Yeah, I would imagine. What is going on in our culture and society? Why are our women and girls being overlooked? If you, as you can see, I'm so angry about this because I get to see the pain in these girls and these women. I told the bishop when I was 11 years old. I told my mom and dad when I was 14. I told my bishop again when I was 12. I told my bishop again when I was 13. I told my bishop again when I was 14. And now I don't care anymore. I, I would prefer, you know, I started sleeping with my boyfriend and, and it's too hard for me because I can't keep my values with, congruent, congruent with my beliefs. So I, I need to just go ahead and reject my beliefs. It's easier for me. I'd like us as an army of women to start seeing this and stop overlooking it. It's interesting because I was writing a to a bishop who was asking some questions about how do I talk about, how to talk to, to my young women about pornography use and about, and how do I open this up? And I, one of the things I said to him is I think the very best thing you can start with is helping them to create personal identity statements. And if you have workshop creating personal identity statements in your meetings, that's when you can start having these conversations because it opens up, well, I'm the kind of person who what? Am I the kind of person who saves all their friends from all their painful experiences? Am I the kind of person who takes on the responsibility of everybody? Am I the kind of person who has no boundaries? Am I the kind of person? And you start asking those questions. Am I the kind of person who views pornography and doesn't have a problem with it or abuse, abuse pornography and has a problem with it? Am I the kind of person who you start asking those questions and you start helping them create an identity statement based on using the, the, the youth guidebook using those principles of discover, plan, act, reflect, and create personal identity statements from that. And when you can do that, that's when you can start saying, hey, let's talk about really super hard things right now. You guys want to talk about hard things? Let's talk about what social media is doing to you and what's happening inside of you. Let's talk about these three things that I think that are so important in our understanding of how our psyche is, is created. Isolation, aggression, and loneliness. When I, when I heard her say those three things, I was like, yes, that's it. I deal with this every day. Isolation, aggression, and loneliness. Oh, that's the effect of lack of use mm -hmm. of, that, of that frontal lobe, which causes when, when we engage in those kinds of things that take all the energy of our brain from the frontal lobe into the limbic system, and flood it with dopamine, we are dealing with horrible impulse control, which is the result of that. And I think they, they really nailed that. 
that we're dealing with a generation of children who are having a really hard time with impulse control. And so violence increases or the, the aggression increases because impulse control is created there. And when part of the, what we, we know happens in the prefrontal cortex, which is that, that region that we need access to is fear modulation. And if we have a, a society of children who don't have fear modulators, they don't know when they're in danger and when they're not in danger. And then they really do become the, the boy who cries wolf because if they're constantly reaching out in aggression because they're afraid or they think they're being attacked or whatever it is, and they think the people around them are unsafe, then who, when, and how, when do we believe them? Because if someone just walked by and accidentally bumped into them, and then they see that as a form of aggression because they have a problem with their prefrontal cortex not fear modulating for them, then we have all these kids that are going around highly sensitive to any kind of difficulty in their life. And their resilience goes down. So that's not only are we seeing a problem with impulse control, we are also seeing a problem with fear modulation. They think they are in, the autonomic nervous system thinks that they're in danger all the time. Those are the, some of the things that I've been thinking about on this point. Also, I have had several interviews with sweet, sweet young women that, are, that have been exposed to difficult things and it's very sad. And they're super afraid that they're not having appropriate responses when they are exposed because they're being exposed many times. So they don't even know what appropriate responses are because the parents are so afraid of it. They think they're going to lock everything down and they'll never be exposed and they won't have to have that hard conversation. And the hard conversation has to be something like this. When you're exposed to images that make you feel uncomfortable, or when you're exposed to images where people don't have their clothes on or they're doing inappropriate things to each other, the, the best thing for you to do is turn it off, say to yourself, that's not for me, and go tell an adult. That is an appropriate response. It's okay when it happens because it's going to happen. And we have to just be okay with that. You know, it's like this. When I lived in Salt Lake City, when I was a very young mother, I lived across the street from Liberty Park. And one night, in the middle of the night, I heard screaming from the park. At three o'clock in the morning, I jump out of my bed. I go outside. I look across the street from the park, and there's someone dragging another person by the leg into the park. And I heard the scream. I look down on both sides of this on both sides of me on the street. Nobody else is out there doing anything about it. Nobody else is seeing it. So, of course, I run in. What's my appropriate response? 911. What, what did I do? I witnessed a crime. Did I ever think I was going to witness a crime? Never. Not in my whole life. But because my whole life I've been conditioned, what do you do when you witness a crime or if there's an emergency? I call 911. I had no I had no problems with, oh, you know, my adrenaline's pumping. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I'm witnessing a crime. 
Oh, what do I do? Uh, that's what I did. Exactly like that. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I call 911. And I ran in the house and did that. If just because we don't think they're going to be exposed and we think we can lock everything down, doesn't mean that we cannot train them what to do. We must train them what to do. Who would have ever guessed me? Simple, naive, would have witnessed a crime like that. And I was the only witness to it. I, would, I don't know who, who would have guessed that, right? But I was, and I knew exactly what to do. And that's what we have to do. We have to teach appropriate responses. So this one young lady, she, she has a little bit of scrupulosity. And scrupulosity, and this is even getting worse among us, this fear that we're doing something wrong when we're actually not doing anything wrong. And, and the fear gets so big inside of them that they start obsessing on it. So it's a, it's a form of OCD. They start obsessing on it and then they feel like they have to reach out to somebody to just get reassurance that they're okay. So she finally, she, she said, I have to talk to you about this. I have to talk to you about this. So she talked to me about it and we, and I said, what do you do when you've been exposed? And she says, this is what I do. And I said, okay, that's an appropriate response. And if you feel like you need to talk about that more, we could talk about it more. However, let's talk about how, when you're not bad, because she felt like she was bad, which this is becoming a little bit of a problem too, because we have to talk about these really hard things. And then that makes, that could make people, kids afraid that they're bad, right? So I have to be really super clear about what is, what is bad and what is not bad and what is shame and what is not shame. That's when that conversation has to come up. And we have to talk about secrets and secret keeping and what that does to our bodies. So the other thing that she said, unless there's other questions or comments, I'm, I could keep going. <laughs> there are a couple of things that have been put in the chat that maybe we could... Yeah, please. Highlight. Let's see. So the the first thing that might be good is you talked about images being like if if they see an image, but are there other what is considered pornography for women? We've heard a lot that it's in books or that that's but what how what would you say there? Yeah, images in literature. Especially a lot of anime literature, fan fiction. There's a lot, there is a lot of literature that is provocative, that is not just the, what I want to say, published by the publishers, but also the fan fiction, right? The people who say, oh, I like these things, so I'm going to write stories based on this stuff, right? And then they post it as fan fiction, and a lot of that is, is is pornographic. And there is a website, actually. I'm so sorry. I forgot it. My granddaughter told me what it was. A-B... A-B... Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry, ladies. A-B something to find out the ratings of different literature and different online things like that. So you can actually go in and check and see if, you're, if the kids, your kids are reading something that's rated M for mature. Did you say... I'm like, Did you say it might be A, B as in boy or A, B as in Victor? B as in boy. A, B. I want to say it's A, B, C something. How bad of me that I would forget that. It's so important. I'm so bad with that memory thing. 
But my granddaughter's like, Nana, you need to be aware of this because you work with young women. So, but it is a website you can go to to find out how to how those different things are rated. Hey, thank you, Melody. You also mentioned personal identity statements that you feel like that's a great place to start. And can you elaborate a little bit more on what what do they sound like? What what are some of those so like? We use the DPAR, the Discover Plan Act Reflect formula. It's such a beautiful way to create an identity statement. And in the end, we want our statements to be something like, it's going to have the phrase in, I'm the kind of person who, but it also is going to give you information about that. So let's say I'm, I'm exploring the part of me that has personal gifts. And I've been done the discovered phase of, of just brainstorming through it. And I have a formula that I use to help the brainstorm. I ask the question, I take the I take the lead from Sister, uh, I think it's Sherry Dew. She she kind of told us, you know, we we want to know what we know about it. And we also want to know what God wants us to know about it. So I asked those two questions. What do I know about my personal gifts? That's the first part I do. And then this is just one aspect, right? Because I think there's many, many aspects that kind of create, the, the, that inform our personal identity. You know, the prophet has told us there's three things we want to always consider. We're children of God, we're children of the covenant, and we're, and we're disciples of Christ, right? Or we're covenant makers, and, and, we're, and we're disciples of Christ. So that is going to be at the core of our identity statements. But there are many influences in the world and around us and our environment. We know uh, the whole concept of nurture and nature, right? So we know what our nature is. What has nurtured us, and nur- and we've been nurtured in many wonderful ways. Part of that is our personal gifts. So I'm just telling, using that one as an example. So we would say, "What do I know about my personal gifts?" And I would just do a brainstorm with that, and then I would I would ask the girls to get very mindful, a little bit quiet, say a little prayer, and then say, and then ask, "What does God want me to know about my personal gifts?" And then we'll do a brainstorm on that. And then with that information, we're going to create an, a personal identity statement. So that, that, that first thing is a discover. This, this next part is the plan. So the, the personal identity statement is the plan. So it's going to be because I know this, I'm sensitive, strong, and, and have a really strong sense of right and wrong. Those are my personal gifts. I'm the kind of person who stands up for truth, who helps people when they're in trouble and makes good decisions, even when it's hard. That would be a personal identity statement. And then that would be the plan part. And then the action part, I always like to do, this is where sort of the goals come. I like to do some bullet points in my life. Let's say at this moment in my life, I'm a student. So because I'm the kind of person who does hard things, I get up at a certain time, I get my homework done by this time. Those are my action plans, right? I'm accountable to my parents with my homework and I check off, I check my, I check my homework every day. You know, now I have four things that are like sort of my action plan for who I am and how I'm showing up up in the world in that, at that time in my life. So we kind of go from this general to more specific, to the most specific. 
That would be the action plan. So discovery plan act and then reflect would be when my life changes, when things change, when I have more insight, I go back to that, that, that discovery thing. And I just keep doing a little bit more discovery and add to my personal identity statement and adjust my actions accordingly. So then it becomes very fluid and I'm using it all the time. That's helpful. Thank you, Anility. But we might need just a little bit more clarification on this question, but I'm going to I'm going to try it, and then we can get clarification if we needed to. Let's see oh, how to start the conversation. Maybe it's a conversation about talking to our girls. As I said, I feel like the best way to start the conversation is with the personal identity statements. Okay. Uh, uh, just even do one little tiny brainstorm. We're just going to make one personal identity statement today. And I have I have a page of personal identity statements. It's not just one because there's so many things that influence me in my life that I need, you know, I will tell you right now, I had to do one. I had to do one just two weeks ago. My son called me. He's having some problems in his marriage, which is always going to happen, right? I had to make a decision of how I was going to show up in that relationship because I want to be the mother-in-law that my my daughter-in-law loves and can trust. And I want to be there to be supportive for my son. So when I sat down, I did a little bit of a brainstorm, taking all the things that influenced me, the things that I know, and I made a personal identity statement. And yesterday when my son called me, man, I hung tight to that identity statement. I hung tight to it. I hung tight to it. Every time I felt tempted to be critical or give advice in ways I didn't think were going to be helpful. I just kept hanging tight to that identity statement. I said, oh my gosh, son, you're doing awesome. Look at how, what, how much you're learning. My goodness. You know what? My prayers, our prayers are being answered. You're, you're learning how to do it, right? And I, it's the only reason I was able to have that conversation and go, and go that well is I hung tight to that pers- personal identity statement for that specific relationship. I hope that was helpful. There is a hand up. Hi, I was the one that was asking that question. It's just that I ran into a missionary who had some awesome sharing experience and she shared because she felt inspired to, but the whole ward, and I, and I told her afterwards, quite a few weeks after, I was like, wow, that was so amazing. And that was so hit home, you know? And we had a huge conversation, but she was bullied by the whole ward saying that these are inappropriate things that you shouldn't be talking about and especially not in sacrament. And it was the most spiritual thing. It wasn't bad at all. She didn't share any details. She just shared a personal experience. And I just thought, well, I think that just says a lot about where we're at, but it might be where I'm at. So I'm in a very small town (laughs) community, older people who maybe are not necessarily as aware as us as moms, but I'm you how do you bring, I mean as I luckily said something nice to her afterwards so validated where she was I want you really really bring that. up an important converse the important point because the truth is I think that we have a population of older people who are super afraid of these conversations and to some degree these older people need to be educated on these conversations and they need to be educated that our edu- and this is what the video is trying to help us say is that these conversations need to be clear and safe clear and safe 
And we have an older generation of people, people who don't understand the importance of clarity because we've never had to, they've never had to deal with things that we've had to deal with. So it's a really good that, yes, you're dealing with an older generation of people who are very afraid. Yeah. Hi, can you give me an example of the personal identity statement that you said to yourself uh, before you had that conversation with your son, because mm-hmm. I'm just curious, because I have adult kids too, and so like, what was one of your statements that you built for yourself, just to kind of give me an idea? I have it written down on my three by five card, and it's in the other room, and I'm not going to go get it. So I'll just give you a, an idea, a summary of it. But I will tell you, I do write them down on three by five cards. And the reason why I do that is I have a client who came up with this really great idea that has her personal identity statements. She has them. Do you know those three of five cards that have rings around them that I read together? She has them on those so she can flip through them. So I was thinking, do I want to do that? I'm going to, when I, when I have a minute, which is never. <laughs> anyway, so the brainstorm, I want to tell you a little bit about the brainstorm because it was important to me. The, the process of the brainstorm. My son is reaching out to me because he knows that I am a mental health counselor with a lot of wisdom on this subject. My role in his life is not to be a mental health counselor. It's to be a mother. And my role in the, my daughter's and daughter-in-law's life is to be a mother. Although I'm very gifted with wisdom on this subject, I'm more gifted about relationships. So that was sort of my brainstorm that's like a summary of it it had a bunch of other things in it but when I came to that when I finally came to that my personal identity statement said something like this I come to my family with much knowledge and wisdom I am the kind of person who who chooses to play the role the roles appropriate appropriately in her life and my role in my son's life is to be a mother and my daughter's daughter-in-law's life is to be a daughter-in-law, not mental health counselor. I trust God that he is teaching them. And I realize that if I don't behave in that way in this relationship, I can really become divisive. Oh, my mom says this, and she's a mental health counselor. What if my daughter-in-law is like, I don't, I, she, I don't care, I don't trust her. I can refer her to books. I can refer them to books and I can cheer them on and I can totally be the lover of their children. And that's what I choose to do because I know that's more wise than giving them advice. Was that helpful? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for just kind of walking me through that. I appreciate that. It really all comes from that discover piece. You know, when God when God is revealing to you things that I'll tell you, I never, I don't think I would have come to that on my own without really just going to that discover. And I just say that was amazing, Anelody, to hear and well, just to have it be like a real life situation and how you use the DPAR, because I've heard it, that it's such a good, but to see it, how you used it in your life to come up with an identity statement that made you better in a real life situation, that was mind blowing to me. And just how how powerful that, like, I was blown away with your ability to see yourself and, and stay in your role because you have so much wisdom. So how hard to not be like, 
but I have this wisdom for a reason and I should share it, you know? And I just was like, like this spirit was so strong to me when you spoke of like, no, and just seeing the repercussions of telling specific advice. That was really, really powerful of staying in our role as mothers. And, you know, I think we want to, it's just easy to do. I've learned this for a reason, right? And so I love that. Thank you. Oh, wow. That's super powerful. I'm glad that you said that because you're right. We do know a lot of things and sometimes we want to just be the advice givers to our children, right? Yes. It is interesting because I have had my daughter say to me before, mom, why don't you tell us what to do? Oh, honey, if I told you what to do, it might be not what Heavenly Father wants you to do. But I will so turn you to the right source. And I I have books. I have, you know, I have articles I've written. If you want to read an article I wrote, that's fine. But, but I know there are conference talks on this thing, whatever, right? I can be a, a source of resources for them. And I'm not kidding you. I am... That just felt miraculous to me because that whole experience with my son, I have been praying for him. I've been putting their names in the temple for months, years. I've been praying for him for years because when he was on his mission many years ago, he had a very, very difficult traumatic thing happen to him and he never really fully recovered. And so what was I to do with that, right? The only thing I could do was turn it to God. And last night when he, and, and I've been trying to stay rooted in, in this. And it's so, so hard. It's so hard. It's like, takes all of the, the mental capacity and all of the strength that I, the inner strength that I have to not go into the role of you need to fix yourself kind of thing. But last night when he said, mom, I think I've discovered this. I said to God, thank you for that miracle. He's figuring this out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much do we have in the chat, BJ? I don't have any other questions there. I wanted to go back and ask you, because you mentioned when the bishop asked you, how do I talk to young women? You mentioned to go into identity statements. Well, first of all, I said, Use the Youth Guidebook because it's totally inspired. And he said, I don't even know. What are you talking about? They've been telling me to use them. I can't even figure it out. Mm. And I said, okay, let me help you how to figure it out. And then I said, a good way to use it is with this. And so it's like, hello, you're in for your little interview. And I just am saying this because I think we can use the same formula as parents, right? So here you're in for your interview. And we've never talked about identity statements before, but I just think it'd be helpful if we talked about identity statements, you know, because really, if we don't know where, who we are and what our gifts are, or all the strengths or the weaknesses that we have, then we can't really identify what kind of person we're going to be in any situation. And since you live in a confusing world, we're going to go there. Yeah. I so love it, that. <laughs> so would it just be kind of a... Yeah. So it would be like, well, we have like 15 minutes, so we just do one today. But what if the girl or your child, you know, there's some big stuff going on. We need to get to that stuff, right? And so to just 
anyway, I'm just thinking going there, going there is harder way would be trickier. Harder way? Well, it's harder, right? Yeah. For the business. For the parent, it's harder. It's more time consuming, but it is trust building. Totally. But the reason it's harder is because all your emotions flood, right? You can't, it's hard to regulate your emotions. It's hard to, it's hard to remember what your identity statement is. And maybe you just thought, well, I heard about this tool for my kid, but then you never made one for you. Good point, Uh, which really goes back to the last thing that she says is we have to work on our own disordered problems. Yeah. Right? Right. And And we're not willing to do our own work. Yeah. Hard to have a, to build a relationship of trust. And one of the reasons why my ladies trust me is I walk into this group and I say, I want you to know one thing right, right off the bat. I am not here to be better than you. I'm here because I'm one of you. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to lead you because I probably am two steps ahead. Yeah, we have to be one of them, right? Totally. It's important. And I'm glad that you that you said you say that. It made me have something like, I don't usually say things like that. I need to say things like that. <laughs> I, try, I try to portray that, but I don't think I... Yeah, I think that. you're super relatable. You already portray it. <laughs> Yeah, but I I feel the same way. I feel like, yeah, same. I'm just trying to work through the mess like everybody, for sure. Yeah. It looks like Luann has something in it. Charlene, I, I noticed over there. Now I can put your hand down, but I'm not sure if I should. Did you raise it again? No, okay. Got it. Okay, very good. Okay, I did want to ask a question, Anality. It's identity statements. You know, President Nelson recently told young adults about the three things, you know, that, you know, emphasize that they're a child of God and that yes. they are children of the covenant and disciples yes. of Jesus Christ. Right. Are those things that we could use as a, you know, use as, I feel like those are things we can use as a basis, but then how do we combine right. the other things that you're talking yeah. about? So I always say, we all, we all know it's nurture and nature, right? That's our nature. What's the nurture? So we look a lot about a lot using what we know our nature is. What is the nurture that comes with it, right? Oh, so what makes it so that down a little bit? Okay, so I like to say okay. I'm a child of God, I'm a child of the covenant, and I'm a disciple of Christ. That's kind of a general picture of the the nature of who I am, the divine nature. Need, yeah. But then I need to know the specifics of who I am, and typically that's going to come from our environment. So, you know, I have a family that influences me. How, what's my identity with them? I have friends that influence me. What's my identity with them? I have gifts and talents. What's my identity with that? I have, I actually have made a list of things that it's not comprehensive for sure, but did family is what, what's my identity with them? Role models, as I look to, into the world and find people that I want to be like, What's my identity with them? I'll have to look at my list here. So just give me one second while I pull it up. I'll give you, I'll give you, it's, this is not, for sure is not complete, but these are some things I thought of as I was putting this together because I'm writing a book with Maurice and he and I are 
we're talking about personal identity statements. So I will, I will just give you a quick, and I, maybe I can list them in the, in the chat. Do that. So that, those are some of them that we've listed. And I can give you an example of some of those that we have in the book. So cultural influences. I'm a baptized member, a baptized covenant member of the Church of Christ. That's actually, that goes back to the whole nature. That's why I'm in my, 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 by my nature, but I'm, it's also part of my culture, right? I'm the kind of person who remembers that I have taken Christ's name upon me. I am aware that the character of Christ is judged by those around me through my behaviors. That would be one. Another would be my individual and spiritual nature. I am lighthearted and intensely curious. And this is when, when we do this one, I like to give personality tests so they kind of get to know who they are kind of deeper so that they can have a better, a better brainstorm. I am lighthearted and intensely curious. I am naturally empathetic and sensitive, even though I tend to become deeply connected to friends and loved ones and want to take their pain away. I am the kind of person who does not take others' pain upon me. I walk with people rather than for people, and I work to see the light at the end of the tunnel and let others take their own interesting journeys. Let's see. Another one is personal values. This is a really good one. I love, I, I, I value fun, freedom, and flexibility. I am the kind of person who laughs freely, is spontaneous, and committed. I know the bond that makes me free, and I willingly surrender the, to those bonds. My core beliefs are I am a woman of I am a woman of dignity. I stand tall and straight when with my shoulders back. I am the kind of person who is dignified in my communication with others, elegant in my approach, and confident in front of others, as I have no reason to fear as long as I have the Lord in my sights. So is that helpful? The things that you're reciting now, that's the nature part. So what about the, the nurture part. Sorry. That's the nurture part. There, so we're going to incorporate both. Yes, but the we're taking overall. So, so, so we we're going to see we're going to see a picture overall, right? Mm -hmm. And then we're going to look at these divine roots, cultural influences, individual, and we're going to try to combine the two. What's what's our nature and what's our nurture? What's nurtured in us? So, the nature would be I'm a I'm a daughter of God, and part of my culture is I'm a baptized member of the church. The church is part of my culture. So those are the two things that I'm going to kind of combine and create the statement. Mm -hmm. Is that helpful? Yeah. I think Jen, Jen has got some, something cool to say. Okay. Well, I just thought this is such amazing information. I wondered if there was like any arena for girls besides like the therapeutic groups or whatever that before, you know, and women to teach us or to go through workshops like this to create these identity statements. Because I'm thinking, man, I would love to prevent and teach these skills before my daughter gets to crisis mode, right? So I don't know if Life Teen Youth Services does that or, you, you know, I just wanted to see what is available on that. I do, I do have some things written that I send to bishops if they want to, to help their young women create identity statements. And I'm super happy to give that information to to Karen and let her share that with you guys. And if you, Karen, if you want me to to lead an identity statement workshop, I am super happy to do that for free. I am super happy to offer something like that if you feel like that would be beneficial for all of your women. 
Actually, I think it will be the first step in us becoming the army of women who talks about this, right? So I think if we have a free something that is a workshop, right, that's just about something very safe for everybody, right? But it's something that we all really, really need to identify and get grounded in like that's a real thing. We need to figure that out because I think most women haven't done that, right? Yeah. So it would just be so helpful. Like, here's the free workshop. And then from that, lead girls into this safe place of being served daughters or warrior women of life. Yeah. I mean, I think, of course, you and I both have the testimony of how important it is to start with us, right? Mm-hmm. And I love the way that the video ends because I love that they say, we need to work on our own disordered thinking and problems and patterns because that's what causes us to stop and not want to be or be afraid of being clear and clear and safe in conversation, right? So when, we, you, when you and I are working on us and we're committed to working on us, that bleeds over. That's the thing that becomes that safe environment the trust is being built. Look, I'm, you know, as I'm working on me, I get safer and safer and safer for people to come to, mm-hmm. to people to confide in, confide into. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And, you know, it makes me think of when Marie started, first started implementing the DPAR, right? He encouraged bishops to do DPARs in front of their youth, right? And creating an identity statement aligned with the DPAR would be super useful for like connecting mothers and daughters, right? So I think we could maybe, how about if you, how about if you run me through my whatever and I'll be vulnerable and I will kind of find out those things about me with you and then yeah, I'll model, beautiful. model that and then we could switch it. But anyway, it just creates this safe space if you kind of laid it out first and foremost. Like, yeah, it's, we're so much more alike than we're different, but we feel so different, right? But I think that's a really sweet way to teach a D part mm-hmm. as well as connect. And yeah, because yeah, I can imagine most moms, this is what we do. <gasps> This is so good. I totally want someone to teach my daughter this. I really do. And I want someone to teach me this. Well, first my daughter. <laughs> I mean, and then and then we're like, okay, yeah, let's just hurry and teach her that because that's a really big problem. And then because we don't really have a testimony of it, we don't really understand it. We're just hoping that we're checking a box that will help her. But in reality, if we can identify that oh we need it so badly too and we see the value of it but if we can do that together because most moms would think there's a workshop for moms and daughters for females we're going right like that's what it will be or we're going and then it will be like the moms are so hungry and ready kind of looking at their daughter sure hope you're listening to this right but their daughters are like check out right so how do we do that in a way that's powerful yeah so actually my brain is going there like I'm not super creative about all this stuff but now that you're talking about it I mean I am creative in that I'm okay I'm able to put things together that people come up with 
but my yeah. brain is going there. It would be interesting if we did do a mother-daughter workshop. If, if, if women wanted to bring their their daughters, that'd be fine. You know, that'd be a good thing. And then the one thing that I'm, my brain is going to this. When we do it in group, we are really individualized. Everybody's voice matters and everybody's voice inspires others. And it helps them to get inspired about how to, to change or make theirs better, things like that, right? So when we do the discover, and you know, I have eight girls and, it and I get two hours with these girls. Right, there's a lot of, we're gonna say, yeah. Can, who's willing to share their discover? What, what did you discover? What did God tell you about yourself? I wanna know, this is so cool. Right. And so we got these shares going and oh, my gosh, I got this super amazing inspiration while I went into that meditative space. I can't believe that I, I, I had no idea that I had this in me or wow, God just totally revealed to me how I'm not being appropriate in this relationship that I'm right now. I need to write this down. I'm the kind of person who. Right. And I've had those exact things happen. Those phrases have been things that people have said in groups. So it's more powerful to me if I have it in a small group and we have time to do it. But I'm wondering what if we did something like this and we actually like went into two groups? I mean, we can cut, we can break them out into, into small groups on, on Zoom, right? Totally. And yeah. we could put like maybe BJ or you and you and me, and we could, we could yeah. in those little workshop. Yeah. For sure. And the the little workshop things we could, you know, do the shares and then come back as a group to do the big things and yeah, be cool. I'd love to. I'd love to help. Yeah, that's one of the things. If I were to write an identity statement about my gifts, is that I can't, I can't even lock it down. Is this creating thing? I'm always creating ideas of things, <laughs> many ideas. Yeah, so good. I love that. Yep. I think we're going to be on that analogy. <laughs> okay. I, I have another question. Just kind of like thinking like our patriarchal blessings for ourselves and our girls reveal so much truth about who we are, who they are. Would it be good to use, you know, that as a basis as well? I mean, I try to read my daughters all the time to just kind of, kind of know and kind of help remind them of things. So that's a little tricky. Because of course you probably know if we do it, it if if it's done in a group in young women that not everybody has the patriarchal blessing. But also I feel like sometimes their patriarchal blessings are super cool and and exciting, and then the comparison thing comes up in the little brain that you know Satan has to get into if you do it in a group. So that would definitely have to be done on an individual basis, right? However, one of the things I do invite my girls to do in group is I'm pretty sure some of you have patriarchal blessings. When we're doing this, could you try to keep that in mind while we're, you know, while we're digging into some of these things? And this, this personal identity statement I read you, one of the girls shared with me and it came almost word for word from her patriarchal blessing. The one I am, I value fun, freedom, and flexibility. I'm the kind of person who laughs freely, is spontaneous and committed. That's almost like word for word from her patriarchal blessing. And can I just say, without us even having a workshop or knowing how to do this, right, I think it's so powerful. And it's something that I've kind of, you know how you said you did it over here and then you come back and then you, you know, reflect. So I've been reflecting on the I am statements that I made 
like, you know, three-ish years ago from my patriarchal blessing. And anyway, just with my own personal growth, learning or understanding of things, you know, I've gone back in and, and thought, well, how would I change the way that's worded? Or how would I change the way that that's, but yeah, from the patriarchal blessing, I just think, yeah, just from like, take one paragraph and say, I'm going to create as many I am statements out of what that paragraph says. Ooh, as I, I like that idea. Because that, that's what, what I did and what has been so helpful. And I guess it, it totally is an identity statement, right? It's a big document full of I am. And it's just from my picture. I actually did that once too. That's interesting. So anyway, I, I just forgot that I'd done that. I guess I would just invite everybody to go and do that because it's really a sweet identifying experience with your, with the spirit and, you know, trying to do that with a spirit led direction and just, I am, yeah. there are no wrong answers. Just, okay. From that, I would guess like there's one that says the patriarch in my blessing says, I feel to emphasize here, right? <laughs> I feel to emphasize here and says, bada, 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 all this stuff, right? So it was like, all this stuff I've talked about is totally real. But if I don't emphasize this right here, you might not hear it in the right way. And so that just that piece that he added has made me to, you know, do lots of fun things there. Wow, I love that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I have one idea. Okay. Sorry about all the questions, but you just got my mind thinking here. You know, oh, right? <laughs> like what, you know, like Karen Kate just says, having declarations of truth. And I'm thinking, so how, how was like the declarations of truth di different than what you're explaining in Nility, or, or are they the same? Or, I don't know, help me understand that as well, please. Karen, what, what's your input on that? Oh, I think that for sure that would be so sweet to, you know, go more in depth with what you've shared today, you know, and use this DPAR method to create identity statements that feel more whole and spirit led. And with yeah. that suggestion, you know, adding your, considering your patriarchal blessing in it as well. But I just think, and then from that, I think your declarations are pretty much written as you do. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that's what we do in our group is we make identity statements. I I encourage them to make identity statements on their own. We we make two or three in group, you know, occasionally we will do what an identity statement. And then when we're doing our feelings check, which the feelings check is when we say, okay, what is the lie? Now, what is the truth? And they can always go back to their identity statement. Oh, yeah, the truth is this, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I totally call out that lie. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And I've had, I've had some women who really, really struggle with it, with the identif identifying the truth. But when they, when they have their identity statement, it, because our rule in our group is, okay, we're identifying the lie. Now you have to identify the truth, but you can't, it can't be the opposite of the lie. It has to be a full truth. Because Satan is just using one little tiny piece and he's wanting to just split hairs with it. So you give me the whole picture of the truth. Mm. That's really fortifying. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. It's very cool. Yeah. 
Well, I do need to wrap up and leave because I got to get to clients today. I would well, full schedule my my life today. I did start with that whole very, very powerful beginning of a why are women being are women and girls being underserved and why are they being overlooked? Mm-hmm. I still am asking the question. I still would I still want the answer. I'm not getting the answer. I I think it might be because we don't know how to have conversations. I don't know that. I think it might be because I've, I've asked this question before. Is it because girls don't want to talk to bishops, men, about this thing? I've asked that question before. I've asked the question, is it because we just are ignorant? I've asked that question too. I don't know. I'd like some answers. I'm still asking questions. That's how we find answers. So good. Yeah. So thank you, ladies. Yeah, and thanks for... Thanks for putting a bee in our bonnet and then flying off. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love you guys so much. Thank you for everything. Love you. Yeah. Thanks. And I. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers You Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity, and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers You Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Do They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSAA young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know, and on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week Mom Power Training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers You Know website at mothersyouknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.